initiate startup process. Now, all the way live. Hey, yo, <laughs> y'all know what this is. Jamming the most hip-hop and R&B. I want to introduce to y'all. Infamous. Call your friends and tell them it's going down now. It's going down. Woo! You understand that? This is live. Let's go. In five, four, three, two, one. Boom Bap Nation Live Interactive Series. I'm your host, the infamous Amadeus. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms at the infamous Amadeus and also follow my FM radio show, The Infamous Hour. You can tune in to me on Sirius XM, Shade 45, the Lord's Here Special, every single Thursday, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. One of the amazing things that we've been able to do here at Boom Bap Nation Live Interactive Series is bring you some of the people that you listen to in the 90s, the 80s, the 2000s, and give you a dope interactive thing where you can hop in the chat and ask questions. And when it came to 90s music uh i grew up in new york we saw these guys from cleveland just come with this amazing melodic sound that captivated the entire country and probably the whole world we never heard nothing like it before and uh, right now i have one of the legendary members of the group lazy bone what's up brother i'm good how you doing i'm doing Yes, I'm Amadeus. You know, we go back. <laughs> that, that, that is a fact. So, so Lazy Bold, uh, early on, it, you had you had two different names. Uh, you had L Burner. You had the number one assassin. Um, I, I had heard you went by some other names. Ultimately, what made you switch to the name Lazy Bold? I never switched. I just I'm an alter ego. You feel me? I'm I'm like nine people. Got it. Steve House is the businessman, number one assassin. Mm-hmm. Um. Lazy Bone, I be chilling. Uh, L Burner, because I know how to cook on the grill, man. That's all that is. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's super dope. Um, can, can you kind of explain to me the climate in Cleveland um, pre-time that you guys actually got into hip-hop? Um, I, I think a lot of people didn't really understand what was going on in Cleveland. It was a place that the world didn't necessarily know about. But, you know, what was the general temperature um, growing up in that area? I mean, we had we had West Coast music. We had Southern music. You know, N.W.A., we had uh, uh, King T, that was all West Coast. Then we had um, Ghetto Boys, Jay Prince and them from the South. Then, you know, uh, every the whole movement, mm-hmm. the whole rap movement. You know what I'm saying? Uh, L.L. Cool J, Eric B. Rakim, man, Flick Rick, all them, all them guys. We, we had all of it. But it didn't start to like '86. You had to seek out hip hop. Got it. Obviously, there, there were no guys kind of before you. And and just like I don't want to move too forward, but just kind of your opinion. Like, why haven't we had any legendary artists from Cleveland come out? Even in 2020, it kind of seemed like it was just you guys, and then none of the others, other artists kind of got there. Is there not opportunity there for for younger artists to to flourish on a national scale? I mean, a lot of times you got to leave, but then you got to think about uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Mm-hmm. Hate it. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a lot of other artists from Cleveland that made it. Most of it was R&B, though. R&B. Yeah, I can go down that list for you, you know. From yeah, but I, I, I mean, on the hip-hop side. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly, you guys... He's having a little issue with a B right there. It's going down. Uh, Boom Bap Nation Live Interactive Series. I got Lazy Bone. There's actually going to be a link in the chat where you can actually hop on the Zoom call and talk to Lazy Bone and myself, the infamous Amadeus. L- Lazy Bone, 
one of the things that 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 captivated the entire hip hop culture was this amazing melodic rapid flow sound none of us had ever heard before. Um, what did the concept of that whole entire rhyme scheme uh, resonate from or start from? Well, you know, our, our parents was singers. Crazy Bones, Dad, uh, my mom. You know, they we we come from a singing background. We come from Motown for real. Mm-hmm. You know, New Edition. We were singing back then, but then when it came to being hard and rap, it started flowing like that. So when we was around that burning fire, it was for real. That's what I mean. That's really what it was. Was Raps mixed with the harmonies from Motown ended up in our raps. You know, as long as you know your partner rap, then you know what to sing. Wait, but you know, something like that. You guys kind of created the sound that we're hearing today with, you know, doubling up the flow, the melodic melody sound. You know, you're looking back like, you know, 30 years later, what is that like to have such an impact on music that seems to be everlasting? I just really feel honored. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's an honor to know that we contributed something to the game that'll never leave. Mm-hmm. It was like when Atari made their game and then Xbox made their game, we Xbox. Yeah, and, and, and it kind of, it kind of all got together. Um, you guys bursted onto the national scene with uh, with a bunch of records. First of the month, I mean, the endless list. Um, how did the okay. connection with Easy E actually happen? And you guys ended up getting on a label. Well, that was like uh, one way bus tickets from Cleveland, Ohio, way before the internet. You can't push a button and get there. You mm-hmm. know, it was one way bus tickets all the way from Cleveland to California. Got off the bus, called Easy E every day. One day he answered. Thank God he had an office. Yeah. Um, the, the record signing process and also, because you, you, made, you made one valid point where it's like, you know, there was no internet. So it was harder to get a deal. It was harder to be heard. Um, what were some of the outlets that you guys used besides, you know, calling Easy E as far as getting the name out there, Bone Thugs pre to getting signed? Okay, well, we had an album called Faces of Death, right? Mm-hmm. That was like 1991. And that album was put out by Stony Burke Records, which was a, a record company in Cleveland, well, a record store called Dow's Rapid Creation. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, through Kermit, we got to meet a lot of people. And we found out that we had to leave Cleveland to bring it back. And that's how that's how that went. Like, we left Cleveland to bring it back. Wow. Super amazing. Uh, we're live right now. Facebook.com slash Nation. I'm your host, Infamous Amadeus. We have the legendary Lazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Uh, there's a Zoom link if you want to actually come in and ask a question. And I'm also watching the chat. So if you want to ask a question, I can see it from afar. Now, Lazy Bone, I, I, know, you, I know you've probably been asked this a whole bunch of times, but, you know, the citizens of Boom Bat Nation would literally kill me if I don't ask you this. Um, you, you guys, you're one of the only artists, the only artists besides your, your four brothers, to both work with Tupac 
Pac and Biggie Smalls. I mean, super, super amazing. The record with Pac is probably one of my top three records of all time. Um, what was the difference between working with the two? Obviously, uh, Big had the East Coast flow, but he kind of jumped on your uh, on your type of thing. And Pac was a little more well-rounded. But if you could find like a, just like a, in a working environment, just the similarities and the differences between them. I mean, well, the similarities is very slim, but they both was off the hook. Pac was bought, he bounced around the room, you know what I'm saying? He did his thing. He had he knew what he wanted to do. Biggie took his song home. And we didn't get to hear his flow until afterwards. Oh, so he didn't actually record with you guys. It, it was more like he took it home and then you kind of heard the record later on. Yeah, but he was in the studio with us, though. He was like, yo, man, I'm going to take this home, yo. Like, for real? It's your turn. They woke me up. I was in the limo sleep. Don't even trip. I did my verse that night. I was on the song. But Biggie, he was like, I'm going to take this home, man. Yeah. Because he probably had to strategize for it more because it was a little bit out of the... Um, element that we usually heard uh, Biggie Smalls come from. Uh, 1993, the debut album, Creepin' on the Come Up. I mean, just a legendary album. First of the month. What an amazing record. Um, when, when when the album came out, did you guys have any anticipation of the reaction that you were going to get um, from from the audience, being that it was a sound that they never heard before? I had no idea. Not even the idea that we had a sound. We just wanted to rap. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I want to ask you a a few questions of the story behind some of the songs. Um, The first record that I heard was For the Love of Money. What was the actual concept behind that record? Well, that was a song that uh, Yellow Boy and Easy E already had. And then when he was was, Easy E was like, I'm going to write me a verse to this. Y'all should write one. And that's how that happened. It just happened. And, and usually the best records happen like that. I mean, it, it's never planned. It's just kind of like put together that way and it, it kind of feels good and, and it's organic, correct? Right. And, um, you know, all thanks and all, all this, that go to uh, Yellow Boy, man, because he had that record for a while. Yeah, so we're live right now, Boom Bap Nation, live interactive series. I'm your host, David Mazzano. There's this actually a Zoom link if you want to ask a question. Actually, Lazy, I think we have a fan that wants to ask a question. Um, Vince, can we can we punch up Validated Magazine in um, quickly so he can ask a question? Once again, there is a Zoom link in the chat right now if you want to actually ask. Is he here? Yeah. Uh, peace, brother. Uh, can, can you say your name real quick and your social media handle? Yeah, it's uh, Real Life of Validated Magazine. Uh, the uh, handle is uh, Validated Magazine. So we have Lazy Bone um, from Bulldogs of Harmony. You want to ask him a question? What's up, brother? Yeah, what's, what's good with you, man? Um, you mentioned earlier about um, some of the stuff that you all were doing music-wise as far as influences. Uh, my question is, so coming up, like, what was your earliest memory of hip-hop culture? Uh, double Dutch bus walking down the street. I remember uh, I heard that. That that was like my earliest influence, and then Run DMC. Like I grew up with hip hop, though. Okay, you feel me? Like hip hop was budding. I was LL Cool J. Then I turned into Easy E, uh, Ice Cube, Scarface. 
I really love Willie D. He was off the hook to me. Um, man, my earliest influence was hip hop itself. I, I'm a hip hop baby. Okay. Okay. All right. Validated Magazine, uh, please shout your social media one more time. And again, that's uh, Validated Magazine, spelled out normal. All right. Validated. All right. Yo, appreciate y'all. Lazy Bones, someone in the chat asked that um, if, if you guys had would signed with someone else like Jam Master J or, you know, just a different person to Easy e do you think things may have turned out different from the way that, that it actually happened for you guys? I couldn't even imagine that. <clears throat> no rapper would have put up with us. We were some wild, real. And why do you say that? What was it the street mentality, um, or, or the way you guys worked in the studio? It was the street mentality because we, you know, we wanted to be rappers, not businessmen at the time. That came a little later in the game. You know what I'm saying? So maybe Jam Master J could have handled us, but nobody other than Easy E. I, I wouldn't. Even, I, I I don't even see that happening. I'd have probably had to do it myself. You know, we we kind of live in a time where um, guys seem to struggle. I think it's always been this way, lazy. Um, where, where they seem to struggle with the difference between street culture and hip hop culture, even though it's one and the same. Is it difficult to say to yourself, you know, I'm a hip hop artist now. Um, I can no longer move the way I did previously when when I wasn't on as a rapper. I mean, any real one from the street know how to move. So it don't got nothing to do with rap, it, selling drugs, uh, being political. You just got to know how to move. Mm-hmm. We start that with the humbleness. Where did the actual name Bone Thugs and Harmony actually come from? I mean, you, you explained earlier that you guys created like a, a melodic sound that incorporated singing with rapping. But how did the actual name for the group come about? All right. First, we was the Band-Aid boys. That was like 86, 87. We was in junior high. And then, you know, Bone Enterprise came about. We was an enterprise. And then we had a song called Gangster Harmony. And then we changed the song to Thugs and Harmony. And he was, he was like, y'all name should be Thugs and Harmony. Like, no, we Bone because that's our last name. So it became Bone Thugs and Harmony. And became Bone Thugs and Harmony. And you guys captivated the entire hip-hop culture. Like I said before, Thug is Rug is Bone for the love of money. But the song, The Crossroads, um, catapulted to just an entirely different level, of course, with the loss of Easy e But but in the record, um, each of you kind of spoke about different things that you that, that was going on at, at a time. Um, looking back 30 years, uh, what do you think is the is the legacy of that particular record? Well, first of all, it was written because of my our best friend, Wally. Wow. He, very young age. Mm-hmm. That was the most unbelievable thing at that time that a, a young kid could imagine. You know what I'm saying? To see your peoples gone mm-hmm. and put them in the ground. Mm-hmm. Then you got to think about we was with Easy e for 13 months and then he died. First record called Faces of Death. Wow. I'm going to let y'all put that together. But then also Biggie, Pop, Pun, JMJ, he he told me to pay my taxes. Jesus. Like, people was, like, leaving. 
and the nineties was something else. It wasn't even fun to go to a uh, the beat awards. That it wasn't fun. Feel me? You don't know who about to go to war. Mm-hmm. Did, did you guys catch any backlash um, on your end that we may not know about for doing records on both sides? I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland is kind of like, you know, it is kind of closer to the East Coast. But like you said, you guys were kind of with a West Coast artist and you were influenced by so many different people. But was there any backlash for doing records with both artists or was that purposely done? Never no backlash. Ever. We met Biggie at a uh, God-given time, and we met Pac at a God-given time. And everybody respected that. Mm-hmm. And that's all that was. Like, you know, Biggie gave us rights to be like, that flow right there, we love that. Now, everybody else can say what they want to say because it wasn't all it wasn't all pieces and cream in the beginning. You were, It's a lot of stories in there. And then Pop, he said Thug Nation. You know we was on. Yeah. Yeah, being able to being able to resonate with that. Now, as a solo artist moving past the group, how many albums have you put out as a solo artist? I think I'm on album number eight. Oh, number eight. Round of applause. Jesus. <laughs> eight albums. Papa Thug was born Thug by nature. Mm-hmm. I got a bunch of man. You know, I'm online, so you know. Yeah. Do you uh, find it? Do you find it easier or more difficult to operate as a solo artist as opposed to within the whole group? It's always easier when I just move, but it's always more fun when I rock with my. Yeah, it's definite. And, you know, speaking of that, um, I've been seeing just a bunch of people asking, like, are is are we will we ever get another Bone Thugs album, you know, moving forward? Yes, but it'd be more in the form of a soundtrack because we got a movie. The Bone Thug story is something else. Oh, so we have, we have a Bone Thug story coming out. Yes, it's a whole movie. And then, you know. Hopefully we all get to go back to the uh, theaters one day. Mm-hmm. Quickly want to ask you, you know, being from uh, the place that you are, Cleveland, being influenced by so many different MCs nationwide, if you could pick your top five MCs of all time, uh, who would they be? LL Cool J, number one. Easy e Slick Rick. Willie D. And Eminem. Uh, someone asked in the chat, uh, which crossroads did you like better, the original or the remix? Well, man, I can't pick. Both yeah. of them were from the heart. So we have this new project out that, that uh, you just dropped on July 3rd. Um, with, with the coronavirus, with the things that we're dealing with, just, you know, the racial tension, um, how difficult is it to actually move and promote an album? in 2020 considering all the things that we have going on right now? I mean, with, with, you know, zoom and the the internet, we don't have to move. We, we in each other's backyard right now. Yeah. I had to take a 3000 mile trip to get on. Mm -hmm. Now you can reach me in my DM. You know what I'm saying? Very, very different. I just think that all we got to do is, Stay in touch and promote one another. 
Yeah, and, and just keep it moving like that. I, I kind of want to get your opinion on on the new generational sound. Um, obviously, you come from a, a melodic background, um, but you guys could actually like sing and stuff. We're hearing like a lot of auto tune, but are, are you receptive to it as a legendary artist to what we're hearing on the radio and what we're seeing on social media? Um, yeah, I'm very receptive to it, but. If it don't touch my heart, I probably won't listen to it. Yeah. I listen to music that touched the heart. Feel me? And then uh, other than that, um, I like fun music too. I mean, I like the radio, but it's redundant. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, you know, I'd rather go online and listen. And listen, do you think the younger generation have pressure not to create music that resonate with the fans? You know, you know, for example, when, you know, you guys did first of the month, you, you resonated with a certain audience that connected to first of the month or for the love of money or crossroads. It was a connection that you had with, with, with a fan base. Do, do you think that has been lost or maybe there's pressure just to create kind of one sound and, and not have like the natural human element in the music? I think that it's very, 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 very important to be independent. That's what I think. That's the way you can do your own sound. Easy E let us. Easy E let us. So we did first of the month because that's what we was living through. You should all artists should do what's from their heart. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, Lazy Bo, one of the things that we do here at Boom Bap Nation, we give unsigned artists a chance to rap for legendary artists. We it's not it's not easy. Uh, we actually have to do a cipher. They have to battle and have to do a bunch of things to actually get here. So we have three MCs uh, that are gonna come on and spit some balls and just give them your, your honest opinion. Uh, Vince, can we can we tap somebody in? Yeah, let's do Chris Payne first. Chris Payne better rip it too. Chris Payne, what's up, brother? Peace and love. Peace and uh, we, love. We, we, I'm we in the building. Here. You're live on Boom Bap Nation. Uh, real quick, show your social media and where you're from. Yo, I'm Chris Payne. I'm representing out of Long Island, New York. I am the son of the, of the, of the crew you know as Public Enemy. I am Chuck D's partner and artist. You know what I mean? Coming out of Strong Island, New York. I'm pleased to That's be right. here. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to meet you. Uh, you feel me, King? And I'm um, also to be a part of the Boom Bap <laughs> movie. My Instagram right, is to these boxes, I am Chris. Yo, it's K to the is R, I to the is S. This flow do you greasy? This flow so be less. Out late, cruising in the bins, GLS. Pull up with your crew. I'm about to ride till you die. No matching ratchet, smoking sour D cat piss. Pull it out the mattress. Facts, I make you backflip. Laughing at my pain like Kevin, but I ain't acting. Where your crew from? You talking, it's no matching. Talking while you talking to Target. It's all practice. The game looking trash. This situation is backwards. Long Island rappers coming out of basements of gold. You can't track us. I bet you got the factors. The story told the day lost soul. They tried to jack us. Public enemy factors. This Black Lives Matter. From Buster to the team. Incredibles can't catch us. Central Station, my people, my real time masters. Uh, it's no means. I'm the shit that you need. I'll go hawk on your man and slap his skin tone green. Getting nice with your girl. Oh, she busting a spleen. And she tall out there for this Mr. Clean. Cause I said it. Bones, I'm ahead of my time. They never faced a real lion at the head of his pride. All scars, all bars, leave them dead or alive. Bring their neck to my throne, either dead or alive. All right, let's do it. Chris I like that dead or alive. I like that. You slapped the green out of there. What you say? That was dope. Peace and love. 
Chris Payne, Chris Payne, one more time. Shout out your social media real quick. I am Chris Payne. I A M K R I S P A Y N E. Chris Payne is my real name. You feel me? Leo first. Yo, I'm a day issue the truth, man. We always showing love. Peace and love to the New York Knicks. Yo, lazy, we doing the fight to power two. Chuck D gave me the green light to do the fight to power two. I laced the record. We doing it in Strong Island. If me you up. are in New York, you are. You <laughs> said put them on there. Let's talk about it. Yeah, put me on it. All right, Chris Payne, peace. Uh, Vince, can we, can we pull somebody else in? We got the legendary Lazy Bone right now. And actually, we have a, a, a link in the chat right now, a Zoom. You can actually talk to myself and Lazy Bone. Uh, uh, Lazy, while we while we're waiting for another artist to come in, uh, someone was asking, out of all the records you've done, what is your favorite record of all time? Either solo or feature, maybe on an album. Uh, what is your personal favorite Lazy Bone record? I like that. Um it's 1999, my Boss. <laughs> uh, Boom Bat Nation Live Interactive says I'm your host of Infamous Alpha Days. We actually have another MC from Philadelphia. Uh, peace, brother. What's your name? Where you're from? Shout out your social media. Yeah, I'm in, uh, it's Don Infa. Uh, my social media is Real Don Infa, R E A L D O N I N F A. I'm from Philly. I'm currently residing in Florida. I mean, bar work, straight bars with it, you know. So All right, get to these bars. Let's do it. All right, so I said. Thinking about the homies I lost, that hurt me. They mad at the position I'm in. They want to murk me. Some that I grew up with, sniffing 30s. They scared to let the dawn in the game. They try to jerk me. Pray for the minority, dog. They don't respect us. Cops got their knees on necks. They don't protect us. Clearly, they don't listen if we peaceful protesting. So now we out here wilding with riots to teach a lesson. Shorty lost a job to Corona. Now she's stressing. Her son need pamper. She broke. Depressing. The government sending out texts like it's a blessing. It's only good enough for the re-up. It's a recession. The bills don't stop. Every month adding up. Got me thinking called poppy and start bagging up. Black Lives Matter, put a fist up. Trump in the over office, hoping that we slip up that. I'm on my Philly. I'm praying on the day that he can hit up. I know all my real niggas gonna feel this. I'm just trying to touch on it. We gotta deal with. We go through. We gotta live with. And when I'm going through what I use, Henny has a quick fix. Uh, yeah. All right, round of applause. Down in for All right, right, all right, all right. Lazy Bone, that was Don Info from Philadelphia. Any thoughts? Okay. I like that. Yeah, super dope. Uh, Donna, for real quick, shout your social media. Real Don Info, uh, R-E-A-L-D-O-N-I-N-F-A. And thank you guys for having me up here, man. Lazy, the new album is crazy. Revolution is Record. Gotcha. Yeah, he said, yeah, he said, he said we're recording. Uh, uh, Lazy, we, we have one more artist, but um, quickly. So, so when, when you did the when you did the verse, um, obviously we can hear that you can, you can actually harmonize and you actually have that rapid flow. Um, did, did you did you did you guys have any difficulties with people not understanding what you were saying when when, when you guys first came out? Like, I, listen, I'm from New York. I didn't, it, it, and honestly, to be honest, with you it really didn't matter. If I couldn't understand what you were saying. Nobody knew what you're talking about, man. No, that's how, that's how you knew it was official, right? Yeah. yeah. And when we New York and did our, they was like, get out of here with that uh, Oreo no shit. <laughs> 
Like, man, this ain't man. Uh, uh, super dope. All right, so so we have one more artist of uh, Vince. Can we tap him in? We have a uh, silent sword. Uh, peace, peace, brother. Real quick, uh, we got Lazy Bone here. Uh, shout your name and your social media. What's going on? The silent sword. Uh, social media. Silent sword. S I L three N C three S E W A R D. All right, let's get to these bars. Let's do it. Y'all can hear me. Y'all can hear me good. Yeah, you good. Hey, you cool, cool. Set. <clears throat> Here I am, you cannot deny your man the things he don't understand. We'll spin like a ceiling fan. When it comes in clearer than your reflection in the puddle, right to remain silent as you accept in the muzzle. Here's a piece of the puzzle, the direction through the maze. My aggression and progression just a phase. Zoning, thrown in the days. Open the book, turn the page. So mature for my age. What is it? The words of a wizard, food for thought. All my words are so exquisite. Giving yourself a gimmick only gives you a limit. Feeble-minded and timid. Talk that life if you live it. If you don't, then forget it. Dismiss it and maybe gotta forget it. Here I am. That style that's so arrogant. The planet prepare for it. Unlimited damages. Appearing on camera, no F and no amateurs. Suffocate them, build them up, break them down, and then degrade them. Leave them no opportunity to rock for their community. My mind is not blocked off thanking God for my immunity. I refuse to see us, led by those who used to be us. Only roll to deceive us, only roll to mislead us. Follow Wednesday, mislead us. Broken promise of our leaders, misguided. We remain blinded to them, denying they need us. Bring truth to the Ooh. surface, moving music with a purpose. Ignore the thorns on the roads and catch the door before it closes. I go by the name of Silent Seward, Jersey. Silent uh, Seward. He said close, open the door before it closes. What you say? Open the door before it closes. Catch the, I say, open the door. Catch, open the door before it closes. Keep your hands That's... on the catch, damn, I forgot what it said. <laughs> hey, I felt all your energy. Yeah, absolutely. Silent Seward, shout your social media one more time. Once again, it's Silent Sewer, S-I-L-3-S-E-W-A-R-D. Um, check me out on all, all social platforms. Same, same name. Lazy Bone, I appreciate you. I'm a dad. You already know what it is. All right. We, we appreciate you, too. Uh, uh, Lazy Bone, that, that is our program that we put together called the Punchline Academy, where we're developing MCs and um, giving them a chance to actually, you know, spit on a level where they can actually be rewarded, Lazy, because it kind of feels like uh, they're not rewarding, you know, the real lyricism in, in, in 2020. Um hey. They're not. So this is this is what we're doing here at Boom Bap Nation, the Punchline Academy. Now, you guys sold like 50 million records. Um, when you when you look back at, at Lazy Bone, when you look at, back at Bone Thugs, your brothers, more than how many records in total do you guys sell? I stopped counting that 50 million. So so 50 million I, is, is being nice. Hey, billion dollars over my lifetime, it went to somebody else too. Yeah. I don't like Yeah. Um, what, what what exactly do you want the legacy of Lazy Bone and Bone Thugs and Harmony to be, um, you know, 30 years past where we are now? I think the legacy, our legacy should stand for we empower people to do their goddamn thing, period. Mm-hmm. That's it, baby. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't, it don't get no, it don't get no better than when a man empower you to do your thing like the old man on the road a good story and it stick with you for the rest of your life type yeah i i I totally agree with you um you said something that was actually really connecting where it's like you know you made this amount of money but it went to someone else you know i mean this is just kind of like how the music industry operates um so do you think that it, it artists moving forward 2020 and beyond do you think they should go independent or should they try to get with a major label i think independent is the way to go because if you know if you learn marketing if you learn how to promote yourself 
it's a good, I mean, it might be the hard way, but it might, I think it's the best way because you would get there faster being independent. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of makes sense. Round of applause for my guest, Lazy Ball. Lazy Ball, finally, we have this new project. It just dropped July 3rd. Uh, what's the name of the project? It's called Want It Dead or Alive. That means if I'm dead or alive, they still want me, baby. Yeah, and how many records do we have on this project? I got 19 songs on there uh, filtered with my children and my little brothers and mm-hmm. all the talent that God gave me. You know, it's interesting that you put out a record with 19 songs. Um the, the fans are kind of told they have like short attention spans and this is what they're trying to push. But, you know, I mean, this is actually not the case. You agree? I do agree. And I think I think that's because for the simple reason of if you can keep somebody's attention span, if you're talking about what they want to hear, then it ain't no amount of songs. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with, with you with that. Do, do you think- yeah, do, but do you think that maybe artists are using this as, a, as an excuse to kind of work less and, and, and put out records? Yeah, I, no pun intended to me, but um, yeah, they being lazy. No, they're just being super lazy. I, I, I totally agree with you. So, so, so we have this album out right now. Um, any features on there? Like uh, any specific production on, on these records? Uh, my homeboy, um, Eugene on the sound. Hit him up on Instagram, man. He got the beats for real. Uh, HC the Chemist, my homeboy Rob Parker. Um, I, I told you, it's all family. Yeah, it's all family. One specific one, because Gang Diller came for me one time. We got a gang called, we got a song called Game Time, right? Mm-hmm. And Dang Dollar hollered, 100 mil with a ball. Mm. Plotting on my position. Someone in the chat, the final question, someone asked in the chat, is there any is there any unreleased records from the East 1999 album? Yes. There are. Yes. And I won't release them until I own them. <laughs> Round of applause. <laughs> and then uh shout out. To everybody on the album, my sons, man, amazing. The song, amazing. My son sung that chorus, right? And my, me and my other sons, we did the verses. Okay, so, so so we have the actual family. Everybody's engaged. Um, um, out of out of all the people in the family that are on this album, is there any one particular person that we should be looking for? All of them. All of them. That, that, that's a super family. Uh, this Boom Bat Nation live interactive series. I'm your host, Dave Bazamadeus. Uh, Lazy Bone, any final words for the people of Boom Bat Nation? I love y'all, Boom Bat. That's right. And make sure you get that new Lazy Bone project. It's available right now on all uh, platforms. Wanted Dead or Alive is, is the name of the project. I'm Dave Bazamadeus. I'm Amadeus. I love y'all, man. And that was a multi-platinum record, by the way. It was super dope. Yeah, it was. I'm different for some day at Sirius XM Shade 45 on behalf of Boom Bad Nation Live Interactive Series. We'll actually be back. I got Peter Guns, uh, Deja Vu Uptown. You see the ball, I'm loving him. Yeah, I'm in a bunch of joints. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages.
Love y'all. Boom Bap Nation Live Interactive Series. I'm your host, the infamous Amadeus. We are officially back every single Thursday at 9 p.m. I'm live here on Facebook on behalf of Boom Bap Nation, bringing you a dope interactive series where you can talk to some of your favorite MCs from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s uh, here at Boom Bap Nation. We believe the proper way to push the culture forward is by combining the legends of the past with the stars of tomorrow. Anybody who grew up in the 90s, um, this amazing record hit uh, Deja Vu with the ill Spanish sample in the beginning. These guys were in Yankee Stadium with Wyclef and just all the celebrity content. And I have one half of the group, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Peter Guns is here. What's up, brother? What up, man? Yo, what's uh, everything's great. Uh, growing up in, in the Bronx in the 80s and 90s, uh, so much influence for hip-hop. Uh, who were some of your personal influences that made you want to get into the decision of becoming a hip-hop artist? Early 80s, uh, late 70s, early 80s, um, this group called the Cold Crush Brothers. they from my neighborhood. That was rapper, the lead rapper, Grandmaster Kaz, he was like a superstar to us, even though he lived right in the same buildings, took the same, you know, they did routines. And when I, um, at that time, I was, a, I was a little kid, but I was playing instruments. I'm a drummer at that time, full-time mm-hmm. drummer, dibbling and dabbling on the guitar. And when I heard the Cold Crush put the instruments down and started writing rhymes, I wanted to be like the Cold Crush brothers. So the Cold Crush was my influence to, to rap. Kaz was a big influence on me. In fact, I named my son Kaz after me. But then after that, you know, you know, the, the rapper that really molded me into to an MC, I'd have to start going up to like uh, LL, Kane, Rakim, Slick Rick. I was trying to embody all of those styles into one style and do some storytelling and do some, um, you know, doing shit for the, for the ladies. LL was a big inspiration on me when I was there too. The first time I heard you particularly was on the Houdini joint. Um, and th- this was probably like about a year before we heard the Deja Vu. How did that whole thing actually happen, getting on, on Houdini's album and then obviously performing the group with Lord Tariq? You know, it's, it's crazy. You know, people can get on 51 years old. So I was rhyming for years before we got a hit. But um, me and Tariq, Tariq was in a group called the Money Boss Play. Mm-hmm. And I was in a group called the Gun Runners. Gun Runners was like Wu Tang before Wu Tang. We was hot. If you ever asked Jada Kiss, Swift Beats, and them, they'll tell you. We put out a, a gold tape back in the day that had everybody. We had the Bronx Yonkers, all, all that shook up. And um, it was just like eight MCs, different styles, but we was a group called the Gun Runners. And my sister came to me and said, My boyfriend rap, he wanted he want to get down with y'all. I said, Yo, we loaded. We got room. He would come over, he would be coming to the crib. And I was like, one day, let me, you know, come downstairs. Let's hear him spit. He came down. It turned out he rapped better than all of us. That would be Lord Tariq. Put him in the gum runners. And we just started doing it. And uh, we wasn't, when the group disbanded, like we broke up, we, me and Tariq wasn't a group. We had two different styles. I was trying to do more commercial type and mix it with street. And Tariq was strictly street. So, um... I got a hold of this beat my man KNS did, and I put a verse to it. Tariq heard it and was like, yo, I'm getting on that. And I put Tariq on, and the rest was history. And then we decided, let's just do an album together. But originally, we was, you know, we was going different directions. That's my man. 
Tariq pulled me in the game. Tariq, if, if it wasn't for Tariq, nobody would have ever seen or heard me. Yeah. I, obviously, people know you from the from the Deja Vu record, but you also were on a dope record with Shaquille O'Neal. Um, and I mean, to even get placement with Shaquille O'Neal, I mean, it, it, I mean that's amazing. I mean, not that many artists work with Shaquille O'Neal. The likes of Biggie, I mean, Mob D, people like that actually worked with with a with a legendary basketball player who who was actually a dope MC. I mean, I don't know if he wrote everything, but I mean, he sounded good. I think he was underrated. How did you actually get on the record with Shaq? Great. Oh, so Tariq was signed to Interscope. Interscope sent them to Orlando to write the Shaq. And he was like, you know, Tariq is street. So he was like, yo, I, my man could write that kind of stuff and work with you and write some hooks with you. Not what I do. I'm telling you, my man is nice. And Shaq said, bring him out. And they flew me out. And the rest was history. I signed the Shaq's label. I was working with Shaq. And that was, an, it's, a, it's funny you said that. That was an amazing time because, yeah. I dare your guns come to the studio and Shaq want to work tonight. Biggie's there. Guns come to the studio tonight. Shaq want to work. Rock Kim is there. Guns want to, uh, Shaq want to work tonight. Mob Deep is there. If you go back to the Make It Rain album, those are all the people that were showing up to Shaq's house to work. And I was living at the house because he had a studio and a guest house that I lived in. And, it, and I couldn't believe it. Like I went from, I was on probation. In fact, my PO told me, don't go to Orlando, don't go nowhere, I'm locking you up. And I was like, so when I when I went out there and was writing with Shaq and working with Shaq, it was time for me to go home. I got click clack. They 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 handcuffed me. Shaq had to do a bunch to get me get me released. But yeah, um, it was Tariq. I don't mean to make my stories go on and on, but I just wanted to give you a little background. But Tariq is uh, it, it, it's all about you. Uh, this Boom Bad Nation Live Interactive series is actually a link uh in, in, in the chat, a Zoom link. If you can find it, uh, you can actually come and talk to Peter Guns and myself, the infamous Amadeus. Deja vu. Can't remember specifically the the the, the Spanish record that you guys sampled in the beginning. Um but I mean that, there you go. When that when that record hit, I mean it took over the whole, uh, you know, world at, at that point. And, you know, I, I've seen some things that, like one hit wonder, but I mean, you know, people are lucky enough to even get one record. I mean, some guys don't even get yeah. one record. We um, had a lot. Listen, man, we had another one. We had, we had, to me, we had potentially three hits on that record. No, a no brainer, maybe more. But if you would have put out, if we would have put out Cross Bronx Expressway with Pun and Joe, follow that up with Keep On. We had some, but because the label, Drop the ball a little bit. We can round put the album out too late. I'll take the one hit one delay. Well, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm the fun is I make fun about it. I'm, I, I'm the one on the line telling Swiss and Tim, let's do a one hit wonder. Three minutes, me against whoever. You know what I mean? I joke about it. I, yeah, man, we sold two million of those toward the world. I don't, I, I know people that work all their lives and never make a, 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 no noise. People, people know who I am off that one record. I, I will never get offended by that, that slogan. Even though people say it to be disrespectful and ugly, it never bothered me, bro. I made I made some bread. I toured the world. I was a kid out in the Bronx that never been nowhere, and, and and I seen every continent, every country off of one that one hit. So that one hit wonder was able to feed his family and tour the world and stay out of jail and out the grave. So yeah, I, I don't I don't get that. From a directing standpoint, um, see, I, I'm a film director too, so I understand how film works. And a lot of people, they watch videos, they think, you know, it's just the artist that does it. It's a combination of film and labels and everything. Um, was it well, part of the plan to have celebrity cameos in the Deja Vu video, particularly Wyclef, some of the people that we saw in the video, or did it kind of happen organically? You know, that record was such a fluke that everything that came with it was... 
was mind-boggling. These people asked to be there, to be in the video. It was zero degrees at that stadium. And celebrities were showing up to be in the video. The record was, they, they understood the potential of the record and, and, and the importance and the impact of that record. I didn't see it. When Tariq, when Tariq got on that record, he said, we're going to get a Grammy. We're going to get a Billboard Award. We're going to tour the world. We're going to double platinum. And I was like, the record is, the, the record is 24 bar raps, 16 bar hook. And it's about the Bronx in New York. We'll tour around New York City at best. I, I didn't see it. So organically, there was no paying no DJs or the label doing no legwork. The record organically just boom. With a little help from a couple, you know, uh, 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 promoters, Eric Beasley and Sean Pecos. And, and, you know, so it was organic. So we really had people coming to us, asking us to be in the video. And we were signed to Columbia. So going through the going through the offices over at uh, Columbia, I see the Fuji's and I'm like, yo, we shooting our video on, um, on Friday. Clef said, I'll be there. I was like, that came through. And the rest was history. Wyclef was on fire. We, Wyclef was so on fire that we was trying to get rec- Wyclef to just do some ad-libs on the record. And and, and they wanted they wanted like 50000 just for Wyclef to go one time. <laughs> I'm like, nah, nigga, I'm going to pass on that. Oh, my God. Um, while the Deja Vu record was, was catapulting radio, we had what I would consider the B-side record, even though it probably wasn't, the Cross Bronx Expressway joint um, took over the mixtape scene. One of the most legendary artists, um, not only in the Bronx, worldwide, Big Pun, his lyrical display on every record, particularly with Big Pun, do you think that he is underrated and not respected as an MC. When we talk about f- top five and we talk about these type of things, why do you think his name is not mentioned more? Um, It depends on who you're talking to. You know what I mean? But his demise was gone. He was gone too soon. It's You know, it's a combination of things, man. Um, He had the most unorthodox way of working in the studio. If he was in the studio with Pun, I was with Pun when he was vocaling my song. I, I vocal Pun that day because nobody wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. And I understood why Joe and them didn't want to be there when it was vocal day for Pun. Pun was laying one line at a time. Pun, they didn't ask for no money. They asked for nothing. He said, I'm coming. I'm going to jump on this record with y'all. Came through and was laying one line at a time. And that was taking forever. So he was like, trust me, this is what I do. And at the end of that song, by the time he finished, he went from going like second or third. I had to put him last. He was that phenomenal. I don't know that. Um, I think sometimes when rappers rap fast like that, people think they're not saying nothing. But if you really go dissect what that man is saying, everything means something. My son goes through the same. Uh, I don't know what happens when people don't get it. You know, I, I have arguments with people today about Eminem, which is like mind-boggling when I hear people say, like, nah, nah I don't get it. He ain't top five. He ain't just, I never understood um, uh, people, how you can say anything bad about Eminem as far as, as a lyricist. 
Yeah, and then and and Pond is in that category. He he is in that category, and I piggyback off off the next question. Um, it, it kind of felt like in the nineties we had a lot of Latin leadership in a sense. You know, we had Beat Nuts, we had Fat Joe, we had Pun, we had, um, you know, in the eighties we had Curious, we had a bunch of guys. Why do you think in two thousand and twenty we don't have Latin? hip-hop leadership not because dembo is very prevalent the spanish but when it comes to like latin rappers it, it just kind of seems like they're just non-existent in a sense why do you think that is i don't know because i know a lot of dope you know rappers that's latin you know have that's, that's, that's puerto rican dominican um in in the world that i'm in when i when i go up to rappers that's that's of uh, Latin descent or any Dominican or whatever. They always trying to do reggaeton. Now I'm not saying that's the thing, but they always like yo guns. You need a reggaeton artist. I got it. And um, I don't know, man. Because listen, there's something that spit for me that's dead nice. It, I mean, at the end of the day, Pun was what the first Puerto Rican rapper to go platinum. The first one. So I nah, I don't know, man. Just certain that's just the way the ball bounces sometimes. I don't know. That is a good question. I don't know. Because I mean it ain't for lack of skill. That's a fact. If I'm correct, I, I believe you guys on the, the album, Corrupt was on that project, right? What was he on that? He he, yeah. he was a, he, he wasn't that, that project. Now, this is obviously a little past the East and West situation. Was that kind of done purposely to bring unification or, or to at least, you know, let people know that, you know, this is the direction that we're moving going forward? Nah, I was I'm just a fan. I'm 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 just a fan of MCs. I thought he was a phenomenal MC corrupted from Philly. Where that question could come in at is before I did a record with Corrupt, I did a record with DJ Quick called So Many Ways. Mm -hmm. And that was at that time. And Quick Quick was uh, working with Shaq. Quick did a Quick did a joint on Shaq's album called um called uh Straight Plane. And I wrote on that record. And Quick was like, who the fuck these vocals? And they was like Peter Guns, get out the Bronx. This is before Uptown Baby. I need him on my album. And I went out and spoke to join on Quick's album. And Quick was like, why 97 won't play my music? He had a real problem that the East Coast, especially New York, wasn't playing his music. And I was like, yo, nobody knows how phenomenal you are. I didn't know until you sent that beat tape to Shaq. And I had to go research and look and see what you was doing. And I said, yo, my, DJ Quick got to be in my top five best producers. So when me and him got tight, he understood that it was like a handful of ignorance over here, handful of ignorance over there. But yeah, before Corrupt, that nothing we did on the album was strategic. It was MCs that I owed whoever we wanted to do a record with. What people don't know is Deja Boo, right? I called Nas, Jay-Z, Cameron, no, no, Mace, to do the, the remix. They all said, let's go. I was going to sing the hook. Tariq was going to do the Bronx. Uh, Jay was going to be Brooklyn. Nas was going to be Queens. It was a go. And back then, labels, was just, this label don't want to clear. This one, this one want to clear. That one, with all the rappers, was all the way. With, with, and, I, and I think we deprived the world of a ridiculous remix. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, why, why in particular would labels do that in a sense, um, you know, block artists from getting on records when, when obviously it would give them a chance to recoup money off of these enormous advances that they were giving back in those times. Because, you know, it, it ain't for their label or maybe they, the label wanted to clear something else that they didn't clear before. It was, it, you know, it was, if you go on and try to get my album on, um, on, on Apple Music or iTunes, there's going to be songs missing. Cause certain labels, labels didn't want to clear the artists. Or, you know, just so nobody was doing nothing for the culture back then. Yeah. As dope as it was, yeah. it was at its height. It was the best time, but it wasn't about the culture. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was uh, people up in the office that's not even from the streets and not where we're from uh, calling shots. Yeah, unfortunately. And it, it kind of feels like it, it's not about the culture in 2020. But I mean, in 2020, we have another lyricist in your lineage, uh, Corey Guns, amazing MC, can spit with the best of them. What, what, with Corey, why is it that we haven't seen the full potential with him? Is, is it label issues? Like, why is it that we haven't seen what we thought we would see initially when it came to him? You know, it's a combination. It's, 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 I think um, a lot of the blame, you can't really blame a label. Like people always say, it's young money because Corey's still on young money. The young, the young money holds him back, and it's not. Not I get mad when people say that. Lil Wayne got out of jail, had a ton of artists on 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 on, on the label already. He signed, had every person in the world want to do something with him. And the first record he dropped, he put Corey on that record, rolled out the red carpet. We were supposed to hit the go button and go. Yeah. We didn't do that, so we take you know take some of the blame for that. And then, you know, Corey got caught up with a gun charge, took a lot of the energy out of the situation. And then uh, Corey is just a rapper's rapper. So at a time where people want to hear mumbling and, 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 and spit slow, pop their fingers, you're dealing with a rapper that's a rapper's rapper. Corey is, you know, not just because he's my son. He, even I got to stand back sometimes and be like, God damn, it's, I'm just, he, he's a phenomenal lyricist, man. And um, Corey just works, 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 works. He's not a he's not a loud person. He's not like me. You'll never catch Corey on a TV show. He did Son of a Gun with me on MTV. Hated it. So he's just an introvert. If Corey was if something was happening to Corey today, I could put an album out on Corey every year with twenty songs on it to the year three thousand. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, uh, Mr. Guns, uh, we've seen you on television a lot and uh, I don't want to go too much into that bag. Um, but, um, in general, obviously television brings a certain amount of exposure. It brings a certain amount of, you know, this and that. Um, but in reality, I mean, how true to life is this, um, what we see on television and what we see play out on social media to actually the actual person, uh, Peter Guns? Well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, um, you really seeing 20 minutes of me on the screen after commercials and other storylines. And uh, if, you, if you're only seeing me around on two women and just be on TV for 20 minutes, you might make your assessment off of me off of that. Um, originally, that wasn't the plan when I jumped on TV. It was really to promote me as a singer, me as an artist, make some money. It was for the bag. I was in the garbage again, you know, owing money to the IRS, all types. So I'm like, let me jump back. Let me do this TV. And it was at a time where Corey was, because I never wanted to jump on TV and, and, and tank what Corey was doing. 
Mm-hmm. But things are going bad, so I decided to sign up. But you really have no control when it goes out to the world, what people see on the editing. And when you go on social media, that's just, you know, trolls and people that just sit behind a keyboard and, and judge you when they got shit in you. I just never understood it because, you know, like, look, I'm a man. I was caught up with two women, in love with two women. And I don't know too many dudes that don't have extracurricular activity going on. So to be painted a monster because I was just caught up between these two women was crazy to me. But um, it's something that comes with the territory. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm built in the Bronx, 70s, 80s, 90s Bronx, so never gets under my skin. Like, now do I feel for some of my family members or my friends that might be like, guns, what you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? But me? Nah, man, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it comes with the territory. It made me live another day. Yeah. And uh, here I am. All right. Uh, Boom Bat Nation Live Reactor says I'm the host of the Islam Days. We have Peter Guns. Uh, there's actually a link in the chat. You can come in and ask a question. I think, uh, Vince, do we have a, a fan question right now? All right, Justin, uh, peace. Uh, welcome to Boom Bat Nation Live Interactive Series. We have Peter Guns here. Uh, real quick, uh, your name and where you're from. Um, I'm Justin from uh, Monica, New Jersey. Um, yeah, so my question is advice to young, younger artists out here. Uh, just like any advice for like young artists starting out now. It's like, Besides the music part of it, like the marketing side of it, too, how to um, like put your music out there and get people to listen to it, actually. Thank you. Um, I tell new artists all the time, if you're trying to be a trailblazer and start some new, you know, don't let nobody tell you no different. Go for it. Follow your dream. Don't let your friends around you tell you you can't do it. Um, only believe in yourself. Listen to yourself. And, and don't let nobody deter your, your, your dream from you. The other part of it is if you're trying to get in and what's going on today, play your music up against what's on the radio and what's going on right now and see if you can hear your song coming on after that. See, what a lot of people don't know is DJs don't want to break their format to play your record that you're trying to go somewhere else with. So make sure your music sounds like what's going on today and rap whatever style you have over that. Because DJs don't want to break their format to, to help you find your, your innovative dream that you're trying to chase. So I say, stick to your foot. Make sure it's in the world with the DJs are playing in the strip club, in the clubs, and on the radio. And uh, get your way in there. Once you're in there, do whatever you want to do. But don't try to be a trailblazer and let that shit fall on deaf on ears because a lot of people are like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going left, but this is different. I love that. But I'm just telling you, get be heard first, and then, and then stay in your ground. But you don't want the DJ to have to, they're not going to break their format to play your record. Just make sure your record fit in what's going on today. That's just my advice. A lot of people may not agree with that. But follow the format and and, and do you over that. Appreciate it, Justin. Appreciate uh, that. Thanks for tapping in. Uh, thank you. All right. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Boom Bap Nation Live Interactive Series. If it's something day, Sirius XM Shade 45. Got uh, Peter Guns here. Uh, for the people that don't actually watch this live, we'll have a rerun this week. Uh, there'll be a bunch of people on here. Uh, uh, Peter Guns, do we have any unreleased music? Uh, is there any plans to, to come out with music or are we just kind of like on the television wave? Nah, both. You know, I'm out here in Dallas shooting cheetahs and hosting this. But um, definitely been writing a lot of songs, a lot of music. Uh, my, my ultimate goal is to put out an EP with Corey. Call the two guns up. And uh that's that's what I want to do. I want to get back in the studio with Tariq. So we we sending things back and forth. 
you know, and it's just my love for the music. I do music regardless, whether you hear it or not. I got a lot of stuff. So yeah, I'll be releasing some stuff. Working at Sirius XM, I actually heard, I, I've never heard it in, in, in person, but I've, I've heard that there was a, a Peter Guns, Corey Guns freestyle on Sway in the Morning. Is, is that true? Yeah, that's real old. We did something years ago. Is there any Sway, video for that? Sway, one thing about Sway, Sway always makes me spit. Of course. And But, but normally, when I'm with Corey, I don't like to step on his toes. It's his time. So I try not to rap. I try not to talk too much about TV stuff or my, when I'm with Corey, it's about him. But every now and then I get the itch to go on and give him, give him a few bars. Right now, Corey's um, at such a different level of rap. I got I to gotta step my pen game up. But now that, now that you're in television, is it more difficult to write rhymes, uh, being that it hasn't been your main focus for a, a, you know, a decent amount of time now? Nah, always wrote, even when you were seeing that stuff. The only problem with it is my the, te- the television that I'm doing is it drifts off TV. Unlike the rest of these people y'all see on the TV faking storylines, my shit was real. So when the cameras go off, I'm still dealing with it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it interferes in your writing process and all that. But I got I, I, I um took a minute, but I put that in order, got everything in perspective. So now TV is a little more like. You know, a little more mellow, more little, I'm not on TV acting like I'm more, I'm more, I'm more what you see is what it is. Final television question. Uh, we saw the Creep Squad, and uh, it, I mean, shout to DJ Self. Uh, we, we've DJed in many clubs together. Uh, mm-hmm. What makes a certified creep, and and what is the proper ways, quote unquote, to creep uh, when you're out here, and, and what makes someone a potential new member of the Creep Squad? I had to, <laughs> I had to back out of the Creep Squad. <laughs> Oh, you backed nah, out. You know, listen, man, it's, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, where you move in a certain way, man, and you're not being seen. You know, you, you're doing you, but you're not getting busted. And people say, well, Guns, you got busted. I didn't get busted. I went on national TV. I knew they was going to see it. Mm-hmm. So, it, I, you know, I, I, I put myself in that position. But nah, when you're moving around, you got more than one girl. You're not, you already in the creek squad. Yeah, so you're most that. men are. When I walk down the street, people be like, yo, guns, I got the same thing going on, man. You know what I mean? So I'm not I'm not out here alone by myself. Uh but you know, those days is over for me, man. I'm 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 really on some mellow chill out. 2020 and beyond, are we moving different when it comes to performances at clubs with the whole coronavirus, social distancing? Um, any concerns when walking into these environments? Uh um, I gotta be honest with you, bro. This is coming from the heart. Uh, yesterday was the first day that reality hit me that will probably never be the same for a long time. And it's very depressing for me. I'm, I'm not a homebody. I'm not a dude that likes to stay in the house. I like to go out and touch the club, mingle with people. And um, you walk up on people now, they like trying to get away from you. You know, they talking about 50 capacity. And I mean, I also know people that caught the coronavirus. Rest in peace to Fred Gossam, like, like a little nephew to me. He died from it. So it's real. But it's sad for me that, to me, it's going to be a long time before, you know, because even, all right, so even if they said today, yo, all right, um, we think we curved them. We think we curved it so by December, everybody can go back in the club. Who's going to rush to go back in the club? Ain't nobody going out. So it's it's... It's starting to get depressing for me, bro. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I'm speaking to you from the heart, and I'm not saying that in a cliche. It's starting to get to me mentally. Like, it's like, you know, I got kids, and I want them to 
you know, go to school and touch and be around other people. And, and the fact that you got to put on a fucking mask just to go to the supermarket is depressing. 2020 and beyond, uh, what do you want the legacy of Peter Guns to be in, in hip hop and, you know, just whatever the things that you've accomplished? I mean, it's been amazing that you've been able to keep yourself so relevant for such a long time. I mean, you've been rapping since the 80s in a sense, you know what I mean? So when it's all said and done, when it's time to, you know, hang your, hang your coat up, what do you want people to remember about Peter Guns? I want them to say he had a hell of a journey. He, you know, he, he put a hit record out. He struggled all his life in the Bronx, put a hit record out toward the world. Took a little left turn on TV, but he bought it full circle. It ended it like, boom, like this. And hopefully that like this is with a, another smash, a, a TV show, and retired and left his kids some money to, to live on. And, and, you know, and some property and some houses to live in. So as long as I, as long as I could die leave something for my family to uh, get them a jump start, then my legacy would be fulfilled for me. Final question, 2020 and beyond, what are the new projects that we have? I mean, obviously we have some television stuff. You spoke, spoke about a potential uh, project with you and Corey. Uh, any specific things going on that we can look forward to? Um, Right now, like I said, I'm just, the show Cheetahs is the main thing going on in my life because, you know, the irony that I'm hosting Cheetahs and I'm the biggest cheater in the fucking planet. Well, I was. So, uh, yeah, look for Cheetahs in the fall. And then after that, um, hopefully my own show. I want to start producing my own shows. I want to produce stage play. Um, uh, Guns Reloaded, man. That's what I want to call it. And uh, that's, you know, ultimately to show another side of me. I executive produce it. I film it. And you get to see who I really am and who we really are. And it'll be more based around music and not so much my personal life. Peter Guns, thank you for coming on Boom Bap Nation. The fans appreciate this time talking you, and interacting bro. with the people. Uh, real quick, shout your social media if they want to follow you. Yeah, Peter Guns, Peter G-U-N-Z, 174 Instagram. Follow me there, man, and I thank you for having me. I'm a fan, and thank you for doing this. We need this. Yeah, this, this is the platform for the Boom Bap artists, and we're looking to develop some more artists and get some more legendary guys here. Uh, Boom Bap Nation Live Interactive Series every single Thursday at 9 p.m. here on Facebook.com slash Boom Bap Nation, hosted by myself, the infamous Amadeus. You can also listen to me on SiriusXM Shade 45, the Lord's Here special, every single Thursday, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. And, of course, you'll hear these interviews on my FM radio show, The Infamous Hour in Multiple Market, every single Thursday. And if you want to uh, see a specific artist, connect with me on social media, make sure you follow Peter Guns, check out the new program, and hopefully we'll get this uh, new uh, Corey Guns and Peter Guns album that I'm sure all the fans have been looking for. Uh, peace and blessings, everyone. Stay safe. It's going down, Boom Bap Nation. What up, what up, what up? You know what it is. Your boy Styles Peter Ghost is going down right here at Shade 45 Series XM, and you are rocking with my family, the infamous Amadeus, and this is what we do. Stay tuned, pay attention, don't turn the station. Ghost. Make sure you subscribe to the Infamous Hour, all social media platforms at the Infamous Hour. More importantly, follow us on iHeartRadio, where we have surpassed one million streams. You listen on the FM side, you station to the Mad WWMV Madison, Wisconsin on uh, Mondays, and of course, Monument, Colorado on Tuesdays, Pittsfield, Massachusetts on Fridays, and many, many other stations. You know, if it's on days, I'm a big fan of hip-hop, especially when I rock out on Sirius XM Shade 45. My guy on the line, Jersey's own, he is the definition of hip-hop. Breeze, what's up? Yo, 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 what up, my boy? 
Everything's good. COVID-19 has officially taken over the world. It kind of seems like guys uh, in New York really don't care about it. Florida's outside. Atlanta's outside. Oh, how are we moving to Jersey? Everybody outside. How are we moving to Jersey? Outside. outside. Everybody outside. Outside. You know what? Minimal social distancing. When you're navigating, do you find it weird? Like, you know, pre, pre-social distancing, pre-COVID-19, you know, we looked at people that wore masks. It looked a little crazy. But, you know, now that, you know, reality has set in America, like you personally, like how, how are you moving and, and do you think things ever be the same? I mean, I think if people get their shit together, it'd be all right. You know what I'm saying? But pre-COVID, you know, people walking around with masks. Like, you walk around, you go to Chinatown, you see people with masks. Like, what the fuck wrong with these people? But they was they was they was ready. They was already hit. You know what I'm saying? But you know now it's just a, a, an adjustment period. Really, we're not we're not used to nothing like this. They shutting everything down, so you got to maneuver a certain way. You know, it's you know, it's adjustable. Hopefully, it go back to it go back to normal soon if everybody coincide and keep it right. Yeah, it kind of makes a lot of sense. I mean, as an as an MC, uh, you know, we relied on shows. We relied on. Um, Relationships with DJs and nightclubs. Um, so, so what are some of the tactics you're using moving forward uh, to promote your records? A lot, a lot of, a lot of internet. To be honest with you, a lot of, a lot of digital marketing because everybody's on their phone now. It seems to be most of the shit is closed. People not going out like that, so people's glued to their phone. So, content is key right about now. So that's really it. You just got to keep pumping out that content up until. God willing, the shit gets right and people can normally be outside again with, you know what I mean? Yeah. People heavily rely on shows and, and being in certain places and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jersey's the home of many legendary MCs. Tretch, uh, Redman, I, I believe Queen Latifah's from Jersey, a bunch of people from yeah, Jersey. Yeah, Queen Latifah. Um, but you personally, growing up as a Jersey MC, uh, who are some of your influences? Um, You gotta look at it. I come from pretty much like the golden era, so I'm really stuck to the J Nas, uh, Fab, Jada, D Block, G Unit 50. I fuck with Ross a lot. I fuck with Jeezy a lot. You know what I'm saying? So, a lot of those was, was, was key influences in, in, in my career to where I gravitate to that type of music. Yeah, makes sense. And, um, you know, you've always been an advocate for lyricism. I mean, even as the music has changed, you know, you maintain the sound. You, you've always had the boom bap. You know, you play around with the club stuff. But boom bap is your sound. Um, you don't feel any pressure to. Say to yourself, you know what, you know, let me let me do this uh, new shit that's going on, or, or do you kind of feel comfortable where you are? Nah, I'm comfortable where I'm at. I mean, I could I, I indulge in shit like that, different type of sounds, and different records, you know, just to open up the catalog. But I st- pretty much I stick to my sound to where, you know, what I'm saying I, I don't I don't feel the pressure like oh shit I gotta go do this and go do that because once you start playing the numb lanes, it's like it's over. Yeah. You know, as a radio personality and as a DJ, it, it kind of seemed like the young wave got canceled when the COVID hit because the whole entire emotion was eliminated from our lives to turn up. So, you know, now, um, you know, you know, younger guys just kind of disappeared off the map. And, and then we got hit with, with this whole wave of older generation artists from Erica Badu to Jill Scott. They, they're going multi-platinum during COVID. Um, you know, music changes. I mean, you're old enough that music changes every, you know, 10 to 15 years, and we're about to hit that curve or the plateau when it comes to music. Uh, what do you think we're ultimately going in hip-hop? I'm thinking we're going back to, to, to the 2000s where lyricism is key. makes a lot of sense. Like you said, a lot of shit turned, a lot of shit got shut down. A lot of, a lot of people got turned away because all that party and turn-up shit is, is out the window. You can't go outside no more like you used to. You know what I'm saying? So you got to adjust now. So now lyricism is key. 
how you put your records together is key. You know what I'm saying? A lot, a lot of real life shit that's going on, people got to pay attention to now. Yeah. So it's not, you know what I mean? Niggas ain't turning up in the club no more. Now it's real life shit. Niggas fucked up. Niggas broke out here. I mean, niggas going through it. There's a lot of shit going on. Police, social injustice, you know what I'm saying? You got to just, you got you to gotta put out. You got to put out that content. Yeah, it's, it's funny you that say that. shit motherfuckers going to listen to when they fucked up. No, it's true. And it's funny that you said that because, you know, we, we have a generation of younger artists who do not for some reason, feel the need to depict what's going on in reality. It's like, it's like an altered reality. Um, do you think music industry suffers from this? Where, you know, we're not hearing, you know, I, I think in this whole pandemic, I probably heard one guy, probably little Baby, I think he was the only new generation artist that did something that was relevant to the time. Do, do you think they're suffering because of this? Yeah, because they, the, they, they don't got the experience of having been through enough shit to be able to put something out to that caliber. You feel what I'm saying? Like, even in my case, like, to some people, I might be a new artist, but I've been around for X amount of years. I got the song with Junior Reed. I did the Black Lives Matter shit. Like, that's real shit that's really going on, like, to make people pay attention. Like, damn, maybe I could relate to this. I could adjust to this. You know what I'm saying? It make me want to get up and go try to do something to help, you know? But it's, it's, it's I think the music industry suffers because of a lot of shit like that. Because now that young wave is, like, out the way. So now it's like, oh, shit, now you got to go back to the people that was really making music. Yeah. Not to say that they're not making music, they're making music for their crowd. You know, hip-hop has always been a direct reflection of the streets, uh, whether they want to know it or not. I mean, it was it was based on street culture. It revolves around street culture. What artists talk is about street culture. Not to, you know, name names and talk about other artists, but in your opinion, you know, is this still respected? You know, guys snitch, they come home, they seem to be able to have some sort of a career. Um, bloggers and, and media people don't acknowledge, you know, real lyricists. For example, you know, if Method Man dropped the album tomorrow, you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know it. You wouldn't even know. Double XL didn't report it. Source Magazine doesn't report it. Academics definitely doesn't report it. Where's the disconnection in your opinion? Like you said, not to mention no names, but a lot of that snitch shit is like, they, they glorified the shit. Like, they made the shit cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, my nigga, you can have all the money in the world, but if you ain't got that, if you ain't got that stuff, respect for yourself, you know what I'm saying? Or niggas be like, yo, that nigga a rap, man, fuck out of here. Like, I mean, but there's a lot of that shit going on, so it's like, they normalize this shit, you could say. I mean, it's fucked up, but, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't go with it. Yeah, round of applause for you. Round of applause for that Junior Reed record. It's my guy. So, Breeze, we have a new body of work coming out. Uh, what do we have? We have an album, mixtape. What are the fans expecting moving forward? Well, I got um, Life's a Breeze, Four Narcos. It's pretty much uh, eight, nine tracks. Quick cook-up during COVID. I mean, I grabbed, I grabbed a couple producers. I was like, I ran into a couple drill beats that, Kid, the, the 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 kid who did um, they were working on pop smoke shit. It's actually the same kid, some kids from London. Mm -hmm. I jumped on a couple of late joints and shit like that. So it was just a wave. I got in, the, I got in the zone. And I just I knocked out like nine tracks in a matter of like two weeks. So I was like, fuck it, might as well put it out just to, you know what I mean, just to have content out. Everybody locked down, they gonna have to listen regardless. Yeah. So fuck it, whether it go good or bad, it's dead. So you know, I put that shit out. Got two, I shot two videos. About to put up my third one in like another two weeks just to give it. I was trying to give it some space, but for the most part, the single money Mitch, that's the shit that's rocking. Got the video to that shit out right now. That shit hitting. 
I'm working on the remix right now to try to get that shit out for the end of the summer. So, like I said, it's just trying to push out this content and then keep working on regular shit as, as, as time goes. All right, super dope. Round of applause for my guest, Breeze. This is the infamous hour. Real quick, shout your social media before we get out of here. So shout your social media before we get out of here. Yo, you can find me, Breeze201, Twitter, IG, Facebook. Man, go in the Google box, man. Hit, hit Breeze201. You're going to find me top search. All that YouTube, Vivo. It's rocking. All right, you know who I am, Sirius XM, Shade 45, the infamous Amadeus. This is the infamous hour. Uh, make sure you subscribe. iHeartRadio is going down, the infamous Amadeus.